And just like that, the 2020 NFL season is officially a wrap. A season that nobody thought could have happened, happened. A team that many people said couldn't do it, did it. And lastly, a lot of people said, old man Tom can't do it at 43. No offseason, new system. There's no way, right? He made history again. Welcome back to the 49 Away Podcast. It's your host, Jay Sahota, back at it for the final episode of the 2020 NFL season. Unbelievable. What a job by the NFL to get through an entire season during a pandemic. No one thought it could be done. They managed to do it. They pulled it off. Great job of the NFL. We got to watch the Super Bowl, got to watch the playoffs in full. There were a few changes here and there, but... I mean, we got to see a football game on every day of the week at some point throughout the season. I'd say that's more of a win for us fans than a loss. On tap for this episode, we'll talk Super Bowl. What happened? What went right? What went wrong for the Bucks and the Chiefs? I got you. We will see who you guys voted for the 49 Away Super Bowl awards. And lastly, I'm going to take a look back at my preseason predictions before the season and we'll see how they turned out and of course don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on instagram for more 49ers news and analysis so before we dive into today's episode and recap the super bowl and all that i would just like to firstly shout out and give a huge congratulations to 49ers general manager John Lynch on being inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. I mean, I was one of the coolest things to watch that, watch David Baker go to his house, knock on the door and surprise him. And really, for all of all of them, everyone who got inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think it was just so cool that we got to watch David Baker go to their house and surprise. I think that's one of the coolest moments in you know from being a football fan. I know for me, that's one of the coolest things to watch is when David Baker gives the knock and you know the players are surprised and they get all emotional it's you know it just gives you a lot of chills it's a great feel-good moment but I I love that I love that they that they showed that I think they should do this every year instead of just you know revealing them on stage at the regular NFL honors I think they should show the video of David Baker giving the knock I remember last year when David Baker went and surprised Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson on air on NFL on CBS and NFL on Fox and that was one of the coolest moments to watch as a fan to see the raw emotion of these guys you know being told that they're getting inducted to the Hall of Fame and you know everything they've worked for throughout their career is just all worth it it's it's a really cool moment to watch that was really cool it was really awesome to see John Lynch do it of course he's been the 49ers general manager since 2017 and Lynch had an incredible 15-year career in the NFL. He had 11 years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing safety. He won the Super Bowl in 2002 with that great Bucks team and then played four years with the Denver Broncos under Mike Shanahan. Of course, now John Lynch works with Kyle Shanahan, Mike's son in San Francisco. But it's just a great, a great moment to watch that. I know I enjoyed it. I got hyped up when I saw John Lynch get that knock was one of the coolest things. John Lynch has done such a marvelous job transforming this 49ers team from when he took it over in 2017. We were straight trash. It was a full-out rebuild. The team that him and Shanahan were taking over in 2017 was complete garbage. 
and they transformed it and to see the raw emotion of the team when they won that first game in 2017 against the Giants yeah John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were right in the thick of things in the locker room celebration tossing water got the boom box that was an unbelievable scene but to see slowly but surely John Lynch helped turn around this 49ers team I mean he deserves a lot of credit for that too but obviously he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame for his playing career and being one of the best safeties in all of football, I think might be a bit much to say that, but he certainly had a massive impact on that Buccaneers team in 2002. But once again, huge congratulations to John Lynch, much deserved. And it's pretty cool that from now on, you know, 49ers fans can say, yeah, our GM's a Hall of Famer. You know, we got Hall of Famer John Lynch as our general manager. I think it has a nice little ring to it. But you know, it would also be a nice ring to it. Super Bowl champion GM John Lynch. So hopefully next year we'll be celebrating something bigger this time of year. But John Lynch must much deserved. Can't wait to see him give that speech in Canton at the Hall of Fame ceremony whenever that takes place. It's going to be a great scene. And also congratulations to the rest of the guys that got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Some older guys, Alan Fanica, Bill Nunn, Drew Pearson, Tom Flores all got inducted congratulations to them but then there are three guys that I grew up watching and honestly these are three of the of the best players at their respective positions growing up watching football and that's Charles Woodson Raiders DB Packers DB Calvin Johnson Megatron wide receiver for the Lions just unbelievable Calvin Johnson was it's it's unfortunate that the Lions couldn't do better for him and last but not least I'm going to talk about Tom Brady lots on this episode, but second to that for me is Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton Manning, especially in my era, all time, he's definitely probably in the top five, but Peyton Manning was incredible. Incredible career, the way he can manage the game, manage the line of scrimmage. He just knows defenses inside and out. Peyton was one of the best to do it. And honestly, it's crazy that the same weekend you have Tom Brady win his seventh Super Bowl Peyton Manning gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. I just couldn't help but to be like, oh my God, I'm old. <laughs> like, they, that's crazy. Peyton Manning got inducted to the Hall of Fame, but he deserves it. So does Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson was just disgusting. I think one of the best DBs in the game. He was phenomenal, amazing to watch. And then Megatron. Megatron was just insane. I mean, to have a guy with the wingspan that he had, the height that he had, you could have four guys defending him and you you could not you could not guard Calvin Johnson. It was just impossible. But congratulations to all those guys. All much deserved. Great to see that. And it's it is pretty cool to see guys that you grew up watching when you were younger get into the Hall of Fame now. It's a pretty cool thing to watch. And now to recap Super Bowl 55. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosted the Kansas City Chiefs for the first time ever in NFL history. A team played a home game in the Super Bowl. Although I, I will give the credit to the NFL. It didn't feel like it was a home game for Tampa Bay. I mean, uh, the Bucks obviously felt it because they're on that field, you know, every other Sunday or, you know, throughout half the year. They practice there, so they're comfortable. But from a fan perspective, it didn't feel like a Bucks home game. It had a neutral game feel, and that's exactly what the Super Bowl is supposed to do. And, you know, the NFL did a great job balancing out the playing field like that. But here we are. Tom Brady, 
Greatest to ever do it against Patrick Mahomes, the best current NFL player in the league right now. The face of the NFL could be, probably will be for the next 5-10 years, who knows how long. Great talent. So here you have this amazing, unprecedented quarterback matchup. Jim Nance and Tony Romo are hyping it up like it's the game for the ages. And you got, you know, this is like a once in a lifetime quarterback matchup, which he wasn't wrong about. It definitely is on paper. And you got this, just this, this incredible matchup with so much talent. And, you know, this is going to be one of the best Super Bowls of all time. The Buccaneers kicked the Kansas City Chiefs ass in this game. 31-9. to I don't think there's a better way to describe that game. That was an ass kicking. From a from a person like I'm not even gonna talk like biased teams from a 49er fan perspective or any of that stuff. I'm talking just flat out football, just a fan of the game itself. Tampa Bay won this game. How you are supposed to win football games. I have heard so much garbage throughout the offseason from all these media people who think they know what they're talking about saying, oh, it's an offensive driven league and you need to have a, a mobile quarterback to win Super Bowls and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and you, know, you got to be innovative and creative and in offense, you got to drop 40 points to win a game. Bruh, are you kidding me? That Buccaneers defense last night was looking like the 2002 Buccaneers. It was like Derrick Brooks and John Lynch were like in disguise playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense last night. That was a clinic. An absolute clinic. Just a straight up, I'm going to punch you in the mouth in the trenches. And the Buccaneers took control of the line of scrimmage, ran the football, passed a little bit, and then that defense... That front four was disgusting. They were phenomenal all night long. And this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team has won their second Super Bowl in franchise history. Their first since 2002. Congratulations to Buccaneer fans. I mean, how, how about that? Prior to this season, they had the longest active playoff drought in the NFC. They haven't made the playoffs since 2007. And the Bucks get Tom Brady in March. The possibilities, you know, start swirling. And you're like, okay, this could happen. And the Super Bowl's at home. How crazy would it be? But you didn't actually think it would, it would happen. And it happened. Tom Brady. This guy is, is just, I, I don't even know what to say, really. Like, it's, I, I'm speechless at this point. Tom Brady wins his seventh. Super Bowl and crosses the famous Michael Jordan six rings. Tom Brady now crosses that and has seven Super Bowl rings and has the most in NFL history. Tom Brady has the most NFL rings more than any NFL franchise. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots have six. Tom Brady has seven. The most in the National Football League. Yes, yesterday's game was not the down-to-the-wire close game that we all wanted, but it was greatness. And Tom Brady's greatness is what you watched, and you also watched a masterful perform- a masterpiece by Todd Bowles in this defense, and I'll get to that in a minute. As for the Kansas City Chiefs, I applaud them. Amazing season, 14-2. It is not easy to get back to the Super Bowl. They cakewalked their way to the Super Bowl. It wasn't easy, but they made it look easy. 
And then you get to the Super Bowl, and I think now a lot of things kind of come to realization that it's not easy to repeat. It is very hard to repeat in the National Football League. It is hard to just get back. Just ask the 49ers. Just ask the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons and all those other teams, the LA Rams, how hard it is to get back to the Super Bowl. But Patrick Mahomes, 6-2 and in the playoffs. He's 6-0 and against the rest of the NFL. He's now 0-2 against Tom Brady in the playoffs. But for Kansas City, all in all, Great season. But hey, I got to point this out. I got to point this out before I continue. Listen, Chiefs fans, those penalties and whatever, I'm not going to lie. At some point, I was like, okay, this is a little out of control. But listen, man, y'all got away with so many goddamn holding calls, holding my guy Nick Bosa by the throat, didn't get called for nothing. George Kittle got called for a literally the most cheap offensive pass interference I've ever seen, and y'all got called for that. Y'all got away with everything last year. And y'all won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Niners would have won. But all I'm saying is you got away with a lot in that game. I'm not making excuses by any means. I know exactly why the 49ers did not win the Super Bowl last year. And it certainly wasn't penalties. Penalties were a factor. But it certainly wasn't the reason for the result. Having said that, you committed the penalties. Just don't hold. Just don't commit a pass interference. Tyran Matthew... This guy's an incredible player. One of the best safeties in the game, honestly. But how dumb can you be jawing at the greatest quarterback of all time? How dumb can you be? That is the wrong guy. That is the wrong bear to poke. And Tyran Matthew went after the wrong guy and they got their butt whooped for it. You do not. You can jaw any player you want. You do not jaw at Tom Brady. Tyran Matthew went, started running his mouth to Tom Brady. First of all, he gets called for a penalty, even worse, and then gets an automatic first down. And then on top of that, Tom Brady's like, oh, nah, this kid is trying to, is trying to jaw at me. I'm the greatest quarterback of all time. You're in my house. And it was over from there. But back to my poll penalty point. It's it's tough, man. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, it's, you know, last year, you got away with everything. And y'all got exposed this year. I mean, that, that that's just a matter of the fact. Listen, it, it sucks. You got to deal with it. And listen, from one fan who has endured a Super Bowl hangover, I am happily passing over the torch to Kansas City. Having said that, do I think they will deal with a Super Bowl hangover? This is a story for another day. I personally don't think so right now. I just think that team is just too good. To have a Super Bowl hangover. But if it does. I will gladly pass on the torch. Please take it. You got to deal with a whole off season of adversity now. Patrick Mahomes is built for it. But anyways. It's time to move on. I needed to get that out. Chiefs fans. Deal with it. <laughs> I had to deal with it for a whole off season. The faithful had to deal with it for a whole off season. Now you have to deal with it for a whole off season. Anyways. Tough luck for you. Moving on to this game. My initial takeaways from this game. Tom Brady's greatness. I mean, that's where I will start, and I think it, it, it deserves the credit. I don't think it deserves all the credit in this game. I will get to who deserves the most credit in this game, and I think I've already pointed that out. But I'm going to say this for Tom Brady, not just in this game, but the entire season. This was one of the greatest seasons I have seen put together by an individual player ever. 
in any sport. I think this was one of the greatest runs in sports history, what Tom Brady did. I don't know if you could top it. To go to a team that had the longest active playoff drought, the Buccaneers were miserable for 13 straight years. They just couldn't get it right. They drafted a lot of great players. You got a great linebacker of Levante David. You bring in another great linebacker in Devin White. You bring in Adamican Sue in JPP. You had the talent there. You have Mike Evans, an incredible wide receiver. You bring in Chris Godwin, another incredible wide receiver. You got Ronald Jones, a beast in that backfield. You got a great offensive line. You're set. But you ain't going to win when you have Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions a game. The Buccaneers go out and they get a quarterback. They get Tom Brady and you're thinking, man, this is this could be really it. But you you didn't actually think it was going to happen with the Saints and the Packers and the Niners and the Seahawks. Was, there's so many good teams in the NFC. But, but Tom Brady just showed how magnificent and elite and great he is. He is, he is the greatest of all time. He is the definition of the greatest of all time. When people ask me the question, who I think is the greatest of all time, don't talk about talent. Don't talk about, you know, athleticism or, or wins and loss or any of that stuff. Just answer the question, who's the greatest of all time? And when you answer that question, the first thing should be, who has won the most championships? Tom Brady has won seven rings, the most in NFL history. And this run alone, he took a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in 13 years to the playoffs. They didn't look great at times, right? It was a typical Tom Brady type season, right? You, you know, they're up and down. You got a lot of doubters, but they still make the playoffs. Tom Brady has never been a wild card ever. He's always gotten a one or two seed in New England. He has never been a five or six seed, in this case, a seven seed. He's never been a wild card team before. They entered as a five seed this year, okay? Never been a wild card in the playoffs with a bunch of inexperienced you know players and you got to go through New Orleans who kicked your ass in the regular season and then the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field which is never an easy task to do Tom Brady during a pandemic no offseason training comes into a new team new conference new system new everything Never been a wild card before. Was a wild card. And then you have to go through Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, and a Saints team that literally demolished you guys, embarrassed the crap out of you in the regular season. It wasn't even close. You got to go through them on the road. And then you got to go and play Aaron Rodgers, who's playing the ball of his life right now. Best offense in football right now. You got to go beat them at Lambeau Field. And then in the Super Bowl, yes, you're at home, but you got to play Patrick Mahomes that has been literally unstoppable all year long. They have looked, it has looked like a, Patrick Mahomes has been playing like Madden. He's just been literally unstoppable. You got to go through those three guys. Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Patrick Mahomes is on the track to be a future Hall of Famer to win the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady did that on the road. Yes, he got the home Super Bowl, but to beat Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes has beaten him the last two times in the regular season. Tom Brady doesn't lose in January and February. 
He may lose from September to December, but he does not lose in January and February. Last night, by all means, was not the game we were hoping for, but I hope a lot of people watch that game. And not even that game, but just the season as a whole and said, I just watched the greatest football player of all time, possibly one of the greatest athletes of all time in sports history. Because that's what I thought to myself, especially after that Saints and Packers game. I was like, this is, this is legit. Like, he's, he is doing this right now. Tom Brady deserves the amount of time that I'm spending talking on him because he is the greatest player in, in, in NFL history. I would rank him up there as one of the best athletes in sports history for what he's done. Tom Brady is the man. And it's like he is a living God. I don't know what else to say, but that's my first takeaway is, is just Tom Brady's greatness. And I just, I, I appreciate it. I really do. You know, I, I'm looking at next year and I'm saying the Niners got to compete with this. And this is, this is going to be tough. Tom Brady wanted to come to San Francisco in the off season. For those of you that didn't know, I know a lot of Niner fans know about it. He wanted to come to San Francisco. So uh, yeah, I'm sitting here a day after the Super Bowl. It's going to be a long off season. But I am literally like scared for my life if we have to play the Tampa Bay in the playoffs next year. Tom Brady is going to want to kill us. But that's a story for another day. Congratulations to Tom Brady. What an absolutely incredible accomplishment. In my opinion, one of the greatest accomplishments I have seen in sports history. What Tom Brady did in the year of 2020-21 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But now to the reason why. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl champions. Yes, in the span of things, Tom Brady played a massive role. Massive role. And completely affected the entire team. The TB12 effect. We get that. We get all of that. But Tom Brady, yes, helped the team go throughout the season. But he came into a great situation. Great coaching staff. Great head coach in Bruce Arians. So happy for Bruce Arians to get that Super Bowl and a, a very talented team, a, a loaded team with talent. Tom Brady came into a great situation, and he's not dumb. He knew that. He would have never signed if it wasn't like that. But the MVP of this game, I don't care if Tom Brady got that MVP. My MVP is Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I sat here back in the week nine recap and said that the New Orleans Saints defensive performance was the best I have seen all year long and it was the best all season long who did the New Orleans Saints embarrass that night the same Tampa Bay Buccaneer team that won the Super Bowl the Saints embarrassed the crap out of them 38 to 3 offense looked like trash defense looked like trash special teams looked like trash it was just an all-around putrid performance the fact that Todd Bowles took this defense into New Orleans and forced four turnovers to win that football game. Then he goes to Green Bay and puts a ton of pressure on Aaron Rodgers, who is very hard to take down. But to put the cherry on top, this Buccaneers defense put a stop and didn't allow a single touchdown to, honestly, one of the best offenses I think any of us has seen in years. The offense that Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid run in Kansas City with Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey, tell me if I'm wrong or not. I don't think I am. Someone can correct me. 
this Kansas City Chiefs offense has to be one of the most innovative, creative, most talented offenses we have seen in years. The way that they play is so good and so talented. A lot of it, yeah, is Patrick Mahomes making something out of nothing. But this offense is disgusting. And the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just... All they did was just bring pressure. They didn't even blitz. Todd Bowles did not even bring blitz. He let the linebackers sit back in coverage and just let the front four go to work. It was a masterful game plan. And so, I I just don't think some people might not understand how amazing and masterful it was to put a stop to the Kansas City Chiefs offense to nine points. Nine points. This is a team that's averaging like 28 to 30 a game, sometimes even 40. And this Buccaneers team just did not stop. They they just came and came and came and they just did not stop. And poor Patrick Mahomes was running for his dear life on turf toe and couldn't do anything about it. It is mind-blowing that Todd Bowles does not have a head coaching job. That's a story for another day. But are you kidding me? After the performances that he, the game plans that he put out for this defense, this defense is, is crazy talented. I need to like shout out everybody. Everyone on that defense. Levante David, Devin White, Andamakan Sue, Jordan Whitehead, Sean Murphy Bunting, Vita Vea, Jamel Dean. The whole defense played exceptional. Exceptional. They're the ones to play, not Todd Bowles. But to game plan for that offense is not easy. And they got their butts torched. When they played in week 12. Tyreek Hill had 269 yards. Alone. How many yards did Tyreek Hill have in this game? 73. Absolutely stunning. And this is a performance that every single defensive coordinator is going to look to. On how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Phenomenal. Unbelievable performance. It is astonishing that Todd Bowles got fired. And got replaced by Adam Gase by the New York Jets. Unbelievable. Todd Bowles is my MVP of this game. The defense was sensational, but the game plan for that kind of offense and to have that game play out the way that it did, sensational. Best defensive performance I have seen all season long. Honestly, one of the best defensive performances I have seen in in my life watching football. It was absolutely phenomenal to stop that offense. The way that they did was just incredible. But, I will give the benefit of the doubt to the Kansas City Chiefs. It is not easy to play when you don't have both your starting tackles. They did not have Mitchell Schwartz, who left, I believe, mid-season and wasn't able to come back, something with his back. And then Eric Fisher, one of the better tackles in the National Football League, went down with an Achilles injury at the end of the Bills game. So they already knew they were going to be without both tackles, which is a problem. That is not easy. When you're missing both tackles... That's it's it's not easy, and I will give a lot of the benefit of doubt to Kansas City. It is going to be very hard to protect when you're missing both of really the pillars of your offense and protecting your blind side and protecting your other side. But like to have as bad as a performance as the Chiefs' O line actually did, though, it's kind of pathetic. Like I know your backups are your backups for a reason. But you're in the Super Bowl, and you're protecting Patrick Mahomes, who you should know by now is playing hurt, needs surgery in the offseason, 
on his toe. And they just threw him to the wolves. The Buccaneers pressure was incredible. But like, are you like are you serious right now? Patrick Mahomes got pressured or the Buccaneers defense rather had the most pressures in NFL history with 29 in this game. Incredible. But that Chiefs O-line, they got to do a better job because they played putrid and they let a poor Patrick Mahomes limp around trying to make plays out of nothing, which leads me to my next takeaway in this game. Patrick Mahomes is a warrior. The fact that this guy still went out there, tried to make something out of nothing when the pressure was constantly in his face, I got to commend the kid. That like He tried his very, very best to do what he could and it was tough to overcome. Patrick Mahomes will bounce back from this. He is that great. He is that good. He's that talented. I'm not worried about any of that. I think this was more of Tampa Bay's defense executing an unbelievable game plan. But the execution was even better. And then, yeah, you just have the greatest quarterback of all time on the other side of the field. So good luck trying to get the ball back in your hands. But Patrick Mahomes... That's a really tough night for him, and I'm not going to blame anything on him, to be honest. Nothing was his fault. He tried to do what he could. His offensive line did not help him at all. It's it's really tough to do that. It's tough to establish the run game when you're down a lot. It is is what it is, but to take away Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, again, to stop Patrick Holmes is one thing, but Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill have been an absolutely incredible dominant duo this entire season. And the Buccaneers took them away. Travis Kelsey had 10 catches for 133 yards, but that's deceiving. He didn't really make as much as an impact as it shows. The stats may look like it, but he didn't really have like that big play. The Chiefs didn't really have that big play all game. That is impossible to do, and the Buccaneers did it. But this game, I think the learned lesson here is it is very hard to repeat as champions unless your name is Tom Brady. Anyone else, it is so hard to do that. And enough of the Patrick Mahomes going to be the next greatest of all time. And and he's going to have his, he will have his own legacy. It will be different, but he will have his own legacy. He's that good. But Tom Brady is just different. He's built different. He's special. And from like 2014 to now, it's been like seven years. And every single year, we've been saying, oh, I think Tom Brady's done. I think he's going to retire now. He doesn't have it. The Patriots aren't that good. You know, what a dynasty it was, four rings or whatever. And he just continuously just keeps winning. He just keeps winning championships. And that's why he's the greatest of all time. And last but not least here, the Buccaneers defense did what the Niners D couldn't last year. And I say this because the Niners defense did the same thing the Buccaneers did for three and a half quarters. The score was 20 to 10. They had 10 points. The the, the Chiefs in this game had nine points. The Niners held the Chiefs to 10 points for three and a half quarters. The Niners allowed the big play and it bit them in the behind and they didn't win the game. The Buccaneers did not take their foot off the gas pedal from start to finish. That is what ultimately won them this football game. They did not let anything slide. No big plays. No, you know, Mahomes making something out of nothing. Every time he tried to, it was an interception or an incompletion. It was a dominant performance by Tampa Bay, and it just proves defenses still win championships. Defenses are still how you get it done, and last night was proof. Having said that, it is also proof 
that you got to have the right quarterback, but Tom Brady is just different than every other quarterback. He's the greatest of all time. And I'm going to answer this question here. I have been seeing a lot of, of chatter about if Tom Brady were on the 49ers last year, they would have been the ones in Tampa Bay last night, not the Buccaneers. I disagree with this because if Tom Brady were to have signed with the 49ers this year, what if we really got into the Super Bowl with Debo Samuel in and out every week, Nick Bosa gone for the year, Richard Sherman missing like 75% of the season, Trent Williams was out for a few games, you know, Ayuk was missing a few, George Kittle missed half the year, like, I don't think that that would have been true, like, Tom Brady would have gotten us to the playoffs, I mean, we finished 6-10, and 10, all we needed to do was win two games and go 8-8 eight and eight and we would have made the playoffs. Tom Brady would have gotten us to 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six and we would have gotten to the playoffs. But I don't think we would have been able to beat the Saints or, or the Packers without guys like Nick Bosa and, and well, Kittle would have been healthy down the stretch. And Debo Samuel, maybe, but he wasn't fully healthy. So I don't know about that. But I know a lot of people have been talking about that and I'm just not quite sure about that. But to the Buccaneers, one last thing here. I could not be more happier for this team outside of Tom Brady. We know what Tom Brady's done, but Leonard Fournette, 16 rushes, 89 yards, and a touchdown, 46 receiving yards. I couldn't be happier for Leonard Fournette. The guy was a baller in Jacksonville. He got cut, you know, needed a fresh start, comes to Tampa, wasn't easy, splitting carries with Ronald Jones earlier in the year, got his opportunity, and he shined. He was phenomenal last night. Speaking of Rojo, 12 rushes for 61 yards. He had a good night as well. Couldn't be happier for him. Rob Gronkowski hasn't done much all year. Had a few good games, a few not. Six catches, 67 yards, and two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Gronk clearly still has a little bit left in him. I mean, he was great last night, and Brady went right to him. And Antonio Brown, five catches, 22 yards, and a touchdown. So happy for him. I know I picked him as my Super Bowl MVP. Having said that... I know it was quite obvious Tom Brady was going to get Super Bowl MVP, but Antonio Brown still made an impact. So I'm still happy about that. I said he was going to make an impact, and he did make an impact. But it's pretty incredible that the Buccaneers won this game. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin combined for three catches and 40 yards combined, and the Buccaneers still won this game in a blowout. That just shows the amount of talent that Tampa Bay has. But what an incredible... I know I talked a lot about Todd Bowles. What an incredible job that Byron Leftwich did. That was a masterful job by him to balance the run in the pass game the way that he did, to share the rock with different guys. You had Brayton in one play, you had Gronk in another, A.B., Fournette, Jones, and you didn't even get to Scotty Miller. I don't even think I had a catch. And then Evans and Godwin hardly got involved. It was a great performance by Byron Leftwich and the Buccaneers, but all in all... What a performance. The Buccaneers were able to run the football, pass the ball, but this defense as a whole, incredible performance. Three sacks, two interceptions, 29 pressures. You got to a gimpy quarterback. That's how it's done in this game. And ultimately, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl champions. Incredible, incredible story. I know at the beginning, yeah, it's a little annoying. Eh, Tom Brady won another one, but... Throughout this whole season and throughout this run, I just could not help but to watch it and be like, this is the greatest of all time we're watching and I love greatness, so I got to just enjoy this run. And I did. It was an unbelievable run. I wish yesterday's game was 
uh, you know, a little closer. And you could, here's like the funniest part of last night's game. And I don't know if anyone really like listened or kind of realized this. It was so funny to hear Jim Nance and Tony Romo. It almost seemed like they were sad at the end of the game. When it was 31 to 9 and they're like, all right, guys, the Lombardi Trophy presentation at the end of this game. Like they had like, it just feel like they were so sad because they hyped this game up so much. And I got to admit, I feel kind of bad for Nance and Romo. They've had two Super Bowls in the last three years. They had a dud in 2018 that Brady also won 13 to 3. And then you get a blowout in a game that they were hyping up as, you know, a, a, a game for the ages and one of the greatest Super Bowls of, of all time and an incredible quarterback match and one of the best we've ever seen. And it just turned out to be a blowout. I mean, you just, you can't script things like that. This is what happens in football, you know, you can't predict things. You can sit up there. You can predict anything you want to. And, you know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, Bruce Arians, incredible job, incredible execution job by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They beat a really, really, really good football team. And the rest of the NFL may benefit from it as now they see a formula on how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl champions 21-9. And Tom Brady... Yeah, he ain't going nowhere. So speaking of predictions and preseason predictions and how you can't predict anything and all that. So I thought it would be kind of funny to do a segment on this episode since it's the end of the NFL season now. The Super Bowl is over to take a look back at my preseason predictions that I had in the AFC and NFC and see where they ended up and for the most part, I was kind of accurate in some spots and others, not so much. And we'll start with the AFC. I had the Kansas City Chiefs as the number one seed at 13-3. and They finished 14-2, and so that was correct. I, got the, I knew the Chiefs were going to be back, and honestly, I still think they're going to be there next year. I don't think the Super Bowl hangover is going to affect them in a lot of ways. I feel like it may take a lot of time for them to get going because that was a devastating loss. It wasn't, you know, I mean, any Super Bowl loss is devastating, but to play like that and get blown out like that they'll be very interesting to see how the Chiefs bounce back but I really don't doubt it so I had them as the number one seed that happened I had the Baltimore Ravens as the two seed at 12 and 4 I was close in record they were 11 and 5 but they were the five seed my three seed was the Buffalo Bills I had them at 10 and 6 they were the two seed and went 13 and 3 the Bills surpassed my expectations the Bills were fantastic all year long. I thought they were going to be good, but they were a lot better than good this year. And Josh Allen was elite, not even good. He was elite this year. So I had them as a three seed. I had the Indianapolis Colts at the four seed. I thought Phillip Rivers coming in. They got my guy DeForest Buckner. I thought they were a really complete team. They got into the playoffs as well. But as the seven seed, ironically, I had them at 10 and six, but they finished with a better record, 11 and five. I had them at the four seed. They ended up as the seven seed. That just shows how competitive the AFC was this year. My five seed was the New England Patriots at nine and seven. They finished seven and nine. They did not make the playoffs for the first time in the Bill Belichick era. It's been a long, long time. Having said that, you know, Cam wasn't right. They didn't have a lot of talent on the offensive side. The defensive side, they were missing a lot of guys too. So I had the Patriots at the five seed. I thought Cam was going to play a lot better than he did, but it is what it is. So I had the Pats as the five seed. The Steelers I had as the sixth seed at nine and seven. They went twelve and four and were the three seed. Of course, they skyrocketed out to an eleven and zero start, and then they lost the last four out of five games and ended up getting embarrassed by the Browns in the wild card round. But 
I thought the Steelers were going to be good in the preseason. I thought they were going to be good. And they were good. But then they just pummeled down the stretch and just face-planted mightily. But I had them at 9-7. and seven, And they went 12-4. and four, Did a lot better there. And I had the Titans as the 7th seed at 8-8. Eight and eight. They finished a lot better than that. They went 11-5 and five and were the 4th seed. So, in recap in the AFC, I had the Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, Colts, Patriots, Steelers, Titans. I was right about six out of those seven AFC teams. Just the rankings were a bit messed up. The only team was the New England Patriots. Now, the two, the one team that did make it, the Cleveland Browns, I predicted them to go seven and nine. They went 11 and five because I don't know. I, I, I didn't want to be that guy to out the Browns are going to go to the playoffs. I just, I just didn't, I just think it would be a process under Kevin Stefanski. But my, oh my, Kevin Stefanski did way more than that. And he said, screw the process. He's like, we're going straight to the playoffs. And the Browns are way ahead of the game now. And I think are going to be a really, really tough contender next year. The Miami Dolphins went 10-6 and this year. I had them at 6-10. and That was a team that did a lot better than I thought that they would. But again, as you can see here, yes, I predicted the, a lot of the right teams. But you can never predict these things. And I think it's kind of funny. I think for the most part, I was right about a lot of the AFC things. I think it's ironic. I think it's funny that I picked the Dolphins to go six and ten, and they went ten and six. I picked the Steelers to go nine and seven, they went twelve and four. I had the Patriots in the playoffs; they didn't make it. So you see all those things in the AFC. So I was pretty accurate there in terms of the AFC. On to the NFC, it was a much different story. I had the Saints as the one seed at fourteen and two. I had the Niners at the two seed at twelve and four. Cowboys at the three seed at eleven and five. Packers at the four seed at ten and six, Seahawks at the five at ten and six, Buccaneers at the six seed at ten and six, and Vikings at the seven seed at nine and seven. I was right about the Saints. They were thirteen and three and were the two seed. I was mightily wrong about the Packers. I thought because they didn't have a a second receiver, they weren't going to be that good. I thought they were going to win the division, but they weren't going to be that good. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers had literally one of the best years of his entire career, and they were the one seed. Seattle also did much better. They were 12-4, and four, and they were the three seed. The Buccaneers finished 11-5 and five and were the five seed. The Vikings did not make the playoffs at all, had a lot of injuries they had to deal with. And of course, the Niners and Cowboys dealt with a ton of injuries. And of course, more importantly, they both lost their starting quarterback for majority of the season. I wish Dak Prescott and Jimmy G hope they're healthy for next season. The three teams that made the playoffs that I didn't predict, the Rams, Washington, and Chicago. I thought Washington was going to be one of the worst teams in all of football, 3-13. and 13. <laughs> And they, were, they went 7-9. and nine. Ron Rivera did such a marvelous job with that defense, and Alex Smith, an incredible story, and the NFC East was just completely trash. So Washington did that. The Rams, I thought, weren't going to be as good. I thought they were going to be 7-9. and nine. They were 10-6 and six and made the playoffs. The defense was a lot better. Sean McVay had the team ready to go. And then I had the Bears at 7-9. and nine. They finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Pretty close in comparison. I just didn't think that that 7th seed would make it at 8-8. Eight and eight, But they did. So, I got four teams correct in the NFC. Vikings, Cowboys, Niners I had in. They did not make it. But the rankings were kind of trash. I mean, I thought the Packers were going to be good, but they were really good. And then you had the Buccaneers, who I thought were going to be good. They were much better, and they ran the whole table, and they ran the whole thing. So there are my preseason predictions. Of course, my thing here is 
You can, you know, don't listen to people that make these outrageous predictions in the regular season and everyone makes their predictions. It's all just to like get you, you know, excited about something or, or get you to, to click an article or whatever. Like at the end of the day, you just got to watch the game and root for your team and just see how it plays out. It's, it's, you know, these are people too. And it's all about execution at the end of the day. But I thought that was kind of funny looking back at my preseason predictions there, all out sorts of whack. And, of course, I'll have to wait till the offseason. There's a lot to predict. Of course, we don't know who's going to land where. There's going to be a lot of quarterback movement this year. So I'll wait until July, August to start making predictions about next season. But it's still really early here. And one last note. I said the Buccaneers, Steelers, and Colts were going to be my surprise teams this year. I was correct about all three. The Steelers were a lot better than I than, we, than a lot of people thought they were. Of course, they didn't end the season very well. The Colts were a very good team this season, and then the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. So there's that. I was right about that, but at the end of the day, who knows what's going to happen. The NFL is just so unpredictable every year, and that's what we all love about this league. But I don't know. I thought I would go over my predictions, see where everything landed up. I did not make a Super Bowl prediction. At the beginning of the playoffs, I said Packers Chiefs is Buccaneers Chiefs. So there is that for my preseason predictions going in to this season and where they ended up. And for the final segment of this episode, for the final time this year, we will crown the 49er Way Weekly Award winners that you guys got to vote on every Monday located on the Instagram stories. And we'll start with the MVP of the Super Bowl was between Tom Brady and Todd Bowles. Obviously, Tom Brady won the real Super Bowl MVP. But who did you guys vote on for MVP for the 49er Way Weekly Awards? And that, of course, you guys voted on Tom Brady. I personally would have given it to Todd Bowles. I think the game plan that he had was just absolutely incredible and I think will be used as a blueprint for many, many years to come on how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Having said that, Tom Brady, 21 for 29, 201 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was phenomenal. On to the biggest disappointment of the night. It was between the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey being a non-factor. I would give a lot more credit to the Buccaneers defense for stopping Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. I think if the Chiefs O-line was, you know, if they were to give Patrick Mahomes the time, Hill and Kelsey would have actually played a factor. Obviously, you know, there were a few drops here and there, but the Chiefs O-line was just was horrifying in this game. You guys voted on the Chiefs O-line as the biggest disappointment. I don't blame y'all. The Chiefs O-line was just putrid. You have two tackles missing. I get that, but... I don't care if you're backups, man. You're in the Super Bowl. You got a gimpy quarterback. You've got to come out and play better than they did because they did not play good at all. Last but not least, the unsung hero of the Super Bowl. Every single Super Bowl, every year, there's always an unsung hero. But who was the unsung hero in this one? My candidates that I gave were Byron Leftwich, Buccaneers offensive coordinator, or Rob Gronkowski, who had six catches, 67 yards, and two touchdowns. Honestly, I think that was probably Gronk's best game of the entire year, to be honest. The unsung hero that you guys voted on was Rob Gronkowski. He had a fantastic game. Typical Gronk. He looked like his usual his usual self. Brady hit him twice in the end zone. I also personally would have given this to Byron Leftwich. I think what he did with that offense and the way that he called that game was very underrated and how there were so many different Buccaneers getting involved. But at the end of the day, Brady and Gronk did it 
once again. And that is the final 49er Way Weekly Awards for this season. Thanks to everyone who would go out and vote every Monday and take part in this segment. It's been a fun segment all year long, and hopefully next year we'll have a lot more to come. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the 49er Way Podcast. And in fact, this will be the last episode of the 2020 NFL season as the season is officially over and let the seven-month offseason begin. I won't be doing episodes every week as I've been doing every single week throughout the NFL season. However, I'll still be doing a lot of episodes throughout the offseason free agency, NFL draft, probably be some trades here and there, a lot of rumors to talk about. And of course, when the NFL schedule comes out, we'll get to all of that throughout this whole seven month long off season. But what a season it was, tough one for the Niners, but a great season as a whole. Congratulations to Buccaneer fans all over the world. Big moment for them, first time in a really long time. Enjoy it, cherish it. These moments don't come very often. Other than that, hope everyone has a great week and we will see you very soon as we start talking about the offseason and looking ahead to the 2021-2022 NFL season. And of course, don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis.